Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Secrets of the Happy Soul book discussion. We are so glad you're here. This is, I guess, episode number three, if you want to call us the episodes here. But we are so glad you're here to join us. Today, we are talking about the second secret. So, we've been walking through what the secrets are. Lots of secrets of the happy so I'm Angie Elkins um, from, I've been in all the videos, obviously, you probably know who I am by now, and I'm here with our author, Katie Orr. So glad you're here, Katie. Hi. And so last week we talked about the first secret of the happy soul, and mm-hmm. secret number one was a soul that's focused on God, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's just a little review. Today we are jumping into our second secret, which is the happy soul is resolved to follow God's mm-hmm. way. I love this. I love this. Um, I feel like there's so much right now that can point us to, you know, girl, you do you, you do what's easy for you. Don't put pressure on yourself. Um, All of that kind of thing. But the truth is God gave us parameters and guidelines for a reason because it's good for us. Right, Katie? Mm -hmm. That's right. So, one of the things that I thought was really interesting in the, the book, you open up and you talk about how God's will or God's way is not really a secret. Like we, we think it's some kind of, you know, mysterious secret will out there that we have to go find. But you tell us that it's actually not so. So tell me a little more about that. Well, the first time that I heard something like that, I remember, I'm sure I heard it before, but the first time it sunk into my heart, it was like that light bulb moment. You know, you guys have those where it's just like, oh, I get it now. And I just, I I think we all want to grow in Christ, right? We all want to be closer to God. We want to, so grow in Christ, meaning the Bible talks about us, that we are in Christ, that we have um, all of the righteousness of Christ, all these gifts of, of, what Jesus gave us, but we still have to grow up into it, right? We're going to talk about that um, throughout the book. So as we grow up into crisis, we become more and more like Jesus. Uh, we, We all want that. We want to be better Christians. We want to be closer to God. But I always felt like I had a missing piece. You know, I just felt like, man, they must know something I don't know because I can't get this right. And the way it was put to me, um, I was, ah, I'm trying to, I was in my twenties and I was, I was listening to a talk and I remember him saying, you already know more truth right now than you can ever obey. Yeah. You don't need to go out and find more truth. There's, you just need to obey what you already know. And it was just like, yeah. whoa. And it, yeah, I, I think, you know, I've shared before that I'm like this Bible study junkie. You know, I I was a Bible study junkie and I think it's awesome to be in Bible studies. Um, But I was so dependent on this Bible study to tell me what to do and where to go. And if I wasn't in that Bible study and doing my doing some sort of Bible study, I felt like I was behind. I felt like I was less than. And so it was just this constant almost anxiety of like, oh, I got to get back in the word, but not in a good way. You know, it was just like this like I said, anxiety of I'm, I'm, I'm not doing right. And then we beat ourselves up. I just saw that negative thinking. And so it's really flipping it upside down is that I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And as I do it, I am changed. And so 
wanting to come to God's word, not for quick fix, not for this magic pill, but coming to it in order to see God and to enjoy him. Uh, it just changes so much. And so I, that's, a, it's a big ball of stuff there. It's more than just, you know, knowing God's way, but most of us that have mm -hmm. grown up in church or been in church for more than a couple of years, we already know a lot of things that God spells out in his word that we are not obeying. And so we need to start there. We need to start there. Yeah, I think that's so good. You say actually toward the end of this chapter, um, it's about pursuing what is good rather than avoiding what is bad. And I love that. I thought that was really such a great way to put it. Um, so it's not a mystery. And you kind of lead us through how um, following his way leads us into his protection, provision and his presence. Mm -hmm. And that leads to flourishing. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. I thought of um, an illustration I heard a long time ago, probably when I was in college of the umbrella and how as long as we stay under that umbrella of God's protection, he can keep us safe mm -hmm. and he can protect us and he can um, make sure we have this flourishing mm -hmm. you know, blessed mm -hmm. life. But when we decide to come out from under that umbrella or that protection, we not only lose his protection, we lose his provision and we lose that that feeling of his presence or that closeness mm -hmm. with him. Right. Um, I love the story you tell about your daughter and baking. <laughs> you know, she wasn't quite sure. She didn't understand that the measurements are exact, but it's actually chemistry. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the recipe, because you talk about acquiring the happy soul recipe, acquiring it, treasuring it and embracing this mm -hmm. recipe. Mm -hmm. um, well, well, some of that first part that acquiring it is, is understanding what it is. So yes, there is a lot that we already know that we need to obey and we start there, but then there are always things in our lives where, you know, I remember just things like should Christian Sue, you know, you find yourself in a situation and you're not sure if whether or not, like how to handle this dispute, you know, should yeah. I do, should I do whatever we find ourselves into these kind of gray area type things, or maybe we think they're gray, but they're actually black and white in scripture, or we think it's black and white, but it's actually gray in scripture. So I think that that um, is the acquiring part of it, that we know the big picture stuff, you know, we know the, the obvious do's and don'ts, but often we, uh, go on the maybe a, a sermon or a talk we heard from somebody and we just cling onto that and we never check it. We never check the word about it. Um, and I think there's a lot of that going on in the Christian world, especially for women listening mm -hmm. to teachers, Bible teachers, um, or maybe just inspirational speakers. Uh, some of them, I don't know that I would even I don't think they're trying to set out to teach the Bible. They're just giving their opinion. They're being inspirational, but we kind of take it as absolute truth. And, and we don't look at no, not what does so-and-so say? Not, not me either. I, I'm not, I'm, I get it wrong all the time. So not what does so-and-so say, but what does God's word say about this? And I believe that God has gifted certain people to communicate truth in a way that is needed for our generation. But even the best pastor, the best Bible teacher, 
on and on and on is going to get it wrong. So we need to learn how to acquire it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's really true. So we acquire the recipe. That's the first thing we do. And then, and in acquiring that recipe, we consume God's word. That's what you're talking about. We just read it for ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, we treasure the recipe. Mm -hmm. And I have a great example. I have this friend who has this amazing coconut cake recipe. And that has been passed down in her family. It is a secret recipe. I say, do they guard it? Like it's not outside right. of her family? Yeah. It's not. But she's so sweet. She's like, I can't give you the recipe, but I'll make you a cake anytime you want it, which is really sweet. But um, the thing is, our, our recipe is not a secret and right. we don't have to guard it that way, but we do need to treasure it. Right. So I love that. I love that. Talk to us about how, what are some ways we can treasure the, the recipe? I think, gosh, we were just talking about this last night and it's funny because I never want to be like, oh, we do this all the time. I really just started this back up after probably years. I mean, we do it over Christmas, but trying to have like, let's get together at night as a family and talk about God's word. And so just last night, actually, we were, um, we're talking about the, the last Adam. So that's what we're in the gospel project right now on Sunday mornings. And so you know, we just really want to come around what they're already learning and let's discuss it. Let's figure that out. And when the questions was, so the idea is that Jesus is the last Adam. The Adam came, the original Adam came and he was perfect, but he chose to sin. Jesus came as the second human, uh, fully human Adam. And that Adam was also born perfect, but chose not to sin. Like he lived it perfectly. Um, and so that was, he chose God's way, right? Jesus did it perfectly. And so the, the application question was something like, where do we, because when you look at Adam and Eve, what did they do? They knew God's way. It yeah. was don't eat the fruit of that tree. And they thought they knew better. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was black and white. God could not have been more clear. <laughs> they yeah. knew exactly what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so was it, was it the actual physical eating? Yes, it was the physical eating that was the sin. But what was the root of that sin? I think I know better. I don't think that what God said was going to happen is actually going to happen. Yeah. And so the question was, what is it in our lives that we don't trust that God is good in or something like that? Mm -hmm. And it, it was just like, man, I mean, my answer was, with you guys, with you kids, like I know that God's word tells me to be patient and kind and not give in to anger and all that, but I mess that up just about every day. They yeah. finally do something enough and I'm just over it and I lash out with not kind words. Mm -hmm. um, it is my job as a parent to correct, but God gives me very clear directions on how my words ought to be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, patient and kind and, and all of that. And so that's a big area for me. It's like, I know that that is God's best for me. And every time mm -hmm. I do it, I feel horrible about it. Like yeah. I even know the, the bad things that it could bring, especially if I don't confess it to my kids and say that was wrong. What I said was right. I want you to hear that. What I said was right, but the way I said it was wrong. And so mm -hmm. That's just an example of me knowing God's way and choosing to do yeah. the exact opposite. Yeah. It's so easy to do. It is so easy to do. I mean, and we have a thousand examples of that kind of stuff every day in our life where 
um, you know, it, it from choosing to like binge on French fries to, you know, <laughs> not that food is bad, but you know what I mean? We just know what's best for our bodies or um, anything like that. And we, we choose our own way, mm-hmm. just like I did. Yeah. And God is saying, my way is better. Mm-hmm. And I lead a eighth grade girls life group on Sunday mornings. And, you know, when I think about them in their eighth grade world, and a lot of you probably have children this age, I just think about the choices that they are faced with, you know, mm-hmm. with social media and and texting and saying things inappropriate that they would never say in real life. And just all of these choices that we have in front of us where we know we can choose God's way and it will go so much better for us. That doesn't mean we won't have trouble because in this world we will have trouble, right? But he has overcome the world. <laughs> I thought I would let the siren pass. So um, I think that's great. So how much of this is on us? Katie, because we, you know, we feel responsible. Is it all on us just to, to, to take on this um, being resolved? How much of it is on us? How much of it is on God? Like, talk me through that. Yeah. Well, we'll get this, get to these three things later on in the book too, that it is, yes, we have a choice. We always have a choice. We are Mm -hmm. never up against the wall. Um, We always have a choice. We may not know always, you know, there can be some gray areas where we're like, I really don't know what God wants me to do here. Yeah. Or, but especially with the black and the white, you know, we know, we know what to do. Yeah. But um, yes, it's our choice. But ultimately, even all of our perfect choices would never be enough. God, spirit enables us. God's word gives us what's true. And then God's people helps us along the way, too. So those are the three things that. Yes, it's up to me. I have choices to make. God at any point, and he has done this before, he just said, okay, I'm done waiting on you. We're, we're moving forward. You know, like he, he, his will cannot be thwarted. You know, I, I believe that. I believe our sin affects that will. It, 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 it um, affects our experience of God's perfect plan for us. Uh, it ruined things. Uh, it ruins things. But God is in control. And even my mistakes, I still believe he can get over. He's big enough to, 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 un, to make those um, wrong actions ultimately right. And, and, but um, not ultimately right. That's not, I think you guys know what I'm saying. Like yeah. I'm trying to be careful with my words. Cause I don't want to, I don't want anybody to hear something I'm not saying, but um, he is big enough to redeem our mistakes. Yes. Uh, I think that we get a little bit confused or even, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It starts with an L. We're lackadaisical maybe about just how, how much is our responsibility? Because we think God is big and he is, God is big. He is sovereign. Mm -hmm. His will will come to pass all of those things. But I love this quote where you say, the believers who understand their role of obedient choices as a catalytic agent will experience this transformation more quickly and more fully. So we realize it really is up to us to make the right choices and to be obedient. We will grow more quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that there are people on this earth and that I mean, I lived this way for 10 years from the moment of salvation to the moment that I started actually taking my faith seriously. I believe 
I fully believe I would save for those 10 years. Yeah. Fully, right. maybe not quite to anyway, maybe it was less than 10 years, but um, a long time. I know that I was saved, but I didn't really grow much. I didn't yeah. look, I didn't look much different than I did the year before and the year before and the year before. Uh, mm -hmm. And anything that I did look different, it was more just behavior modification. It was more just learning the rules and just kind of going with the flow. It wasn't worship. It wasn't a work of God. It was a work of Katie, you know, mm -hmm. and it crumbled as soon as things, as soon as factors started changing. Um, and so that's a, um, that's the reality is that, and there are some believers that I do believe are saying we, we can't know, like we can't look at anybody and know hundred percent sure, yeah. but um, that, that never really enter the game, you know, never really enter the equation. Um, and so therefore it, they just don't look like God much on this earth. Now, again, ultimately God is going to complete that equation. He's going to fulfill what he said he's going to do, but it's like, 99% of it's going to be the moment they go to heaven instead of 50% of it being here on earth, you know? And so that's the, that's the difference in some believers that, that just, I mean, every one of us is a work in progress. And so the things that we are not yet like Christ, um, one, it just takes time, but um, it's often us holding, <laughs> holding, not holding God back. Cause again, there's so many times where I believe he, he's just like, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to move you on. Let's do this. And sometimes that's through hard stuff, you yeah. know, takes away. He loves us enough to take us, take away some of the things that are, are harmful to us. And it gives us kind of this wake up call. I don't believe every suffering is every, every bit of trouble in this world is God trying to sanctify, sanctify right. us. I think there's just some trouble that is just the result of being in this world. Um, but it's yeah. it's absolutely a partnership that we must engage. And another way to think about it is like it's a dance. Yeah. I'm a horrible dancer. Um, <laughs> I I just I I don't follow very well, you know. And so um, if it's something fancy or something where we're trying to move or whatever, we just don't do very well because I'm not great at being just flexible and like just going with the flow. And so in that sense, it's God that's the one that's leading the dance. He's the one doing the movements. And if we don't remain flexible and we still have, you know, when you're dancing, you still have to think about it. You still have to go, Oh, he's going this way. Oh, he's going this way. You know, we still have work to do, but it's, it's a, it's what Galatians says, keeping in step with the spirit. Mm, right? I love that. The spirit is moving. We have to keep in step with him. If we just stand there like this, we're not going to be part of the dance. Like yeah. and he'd have to pick us up and, you know, cradle us like this to, to get moving. And sometimes he does that, but it yeah. always works better if we are engaged and active and intentional, purposeful to follow God where he's leading. We know black and white already a lot in scripture, the, the gray areas that we don't know when we're in God's word around God's people, we can, I mean, his spirit speaks to us and we can, it's not like this audible thing, but it's just a sense that we know this is, it's the peace that passes understanding. It's this, he just does. He, he leads us in different ways where yeah. we know, okay, I think this is the right best step that the, and he's given us reason. He's given us minds to, to make the choices. 
Um, we just don't always employ everything that he's given us. I heard someone say once that, you know, we, we want to know God's will, but we think it's something we do. We think God's will is something we do, but rather it's more about the kind of person that we are, mm-hmm. you know, that it is about what we do next. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me because I'm a doer. You know, I like to do mm-hmm. things, fix things off the list and know that I'm making the right decision. Mm-hmm. But when we are going through that process of sanctification that you mentioned earlier, um, we're becoming more like him. Mm-hmm. And because we're becoming more like him, we tend to make the right choices when we are presented with them. So it's, it's more about becoming than it is about doing right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We're becoming more like Christ. And Mm -hmm. I think the motivation is a lot of the thing. A lot of times the motivation is what we get mixed up or maybe it's me. I start getting motivated, motivated by what is so-and-so thinking or what is other people thinking Mm -hmm. or internal critics saying you're not good enough. You know, so it's like, I want to shut her up. <laughs> uh, there's so many other motivators, uh, the praise of others, the, just the natural drive to achieve, whatever. Those yeah. type of things become our motivators instead yeah. of it being to be with God, yeah. to worship him. And in Hebrews 11, if you've gone through my everyday faith study, we study Hebrews 11, which is the hall of faith. And we define together what what does it mean to have everyday faith is it the indiana jones type of faith where he's sitting and he can't see the way from here to there even though the clues tell him you need to get over there and he has to take this leap of faith and he jumps off the cliff you know steps off the cliff and and then he lands on this stone path that was camouflaged that he couldn't see like is that faith that's what i felt like faith was always you know just like this big huge scary choice But really, faith, biblically, especially when you look at Hebrews 11 and all these people, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Adam, by faith, all these people, by faith, Sarah, you can't turn that into a checklist that none of their actions were the same. So Mm -hmm. it can't be the actions in themselves that is the, the, the right thing. Just like when Adam, yes, the physical eating of the 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 apple, a pomegranate, whatever it was, the fruit was the sin. Yeah. It wasn't that it was the heart behind it. Yeah. So the heart behind our good actions, our faith filled actions are the actions that are going to make a difference. It's that heart behind it. Mm-hmm. The common denominator between all those people in Hebrews 11 and all the other people in the Bible that are kind of put on a, pedestal, so to speak, um, just to say, this is faith. This is it. When you look at Jesus and the the woman who touched his cloak, all of that, the common denominator is that they, they wanted to be with their God and to worship him. That's the common denominator. They saw God as their only hope and they responded to him in worship. Like that's the common denominator. So the things that we do, we could be doing on one day, an identical day in choices. And it can be all about me. And on the outside, it might look good to you. It might go, wow, she read her Bible. Wow, she went to church. Wow, she didn't yell at her kids. Wow, she did not do all those things. But the motivators behind it all could be all about me, all about other people. And then I can have an identical day the next day, make all the same decisions. But the motivator behind it 
is because I don't want to mess up my fellowship with God. Yeah. Like with him is forever secure, but my fellowship with him is affected when I sin, when I make the wrong choices. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's effective in a positive way when I choose to be in his word because I want to spend time with him and I want to know him better. It's just, it's just flipping everything upside down. Same actions, different motivations. Yeah. I love in the book where, and we'll kind of wind up with this, mm -hmm. where you talk about people that you know who are happy souls and why they are. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so um, really clarifying because when you gave examples of people and what you see in them and, and what they do and how they live their life, I thought, oh yeah, I, I started thinking of happy souls that I know mm -hmm. and people that I know are walking with God and choosing to um, be obedient to his plan. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that. And um, I, I'll encourage our listeners um, right now to think of who you know is a happy soul and um, maybe even write them a note this week and say, you, I, I see you as a happy soul and, and how you define the happy soul that the scripture says, because they are choosing to, they're resolved, they're resolved to follow God's way. Um, I was just telling Katie earlier about a mutual friend that we have who was telling me how discouraged she's getting in ministry. She's just tired, discouraged, just wants to quit. I mean, I, isn't it comforting to know that Paul felt the same way? Mm -hmm. He wanted to quit. Yeah. But he said, don't grow weary. Was that Paul? I think it was Paul. <laughs> don't grow weary in doing good. And just keep on keeping on. Be resolved to follow. So I thought, you know, our friend, she's a happy soul. Because she said, I'm not going to quit. I want to quit. Of course, I want to quit. I'm not going to quit. Yeah, It's not even an option. And that's the resolve that you're talking about. I love that. Okay, guys, that's about it for today. Anything else, Katie? No, thanks for leading us, Angie. And um, I hope you guys are enjoying the book. And we'll see you guys next week for secret number three. Secret number three. Bye, guys. Bye.